Chapter 12 Doesn't look like. Lady Mifa. Responsible. Whispers. That is what Link heard as the contingent of Zora led him into the city. Whispers from the Zora around him. From Baz and his friends. From the older Zora with Muzu. From various other Zora adults that saw the group. That saw him. He was, it seemed, well known in Zora's domain. Linny? Stole her away. Mifa's killer. Just whispers. Though the hour was already getting late, the Zora led him up the stairs toward the palace. It would seem that, if Link really was entering the city, then the king wished to see him. He dreaded the meeting with the man whose daughter died because of him. The worst part, he supposed, was that he did not fully understand the crime he was being blamed for. He assumed that it was his failure in defeating Ganon, which he could certainly understand, but there seemed to be something else to their accusations, something more direct. He wished that he had something more than a single memory from his childhood to fall back on. The climb to the palace revealed more of the city's beauty, but also some of the things that set it apart from normal Hylian settlements. For one, Link could not actually see any residences, though he spotted several shops on the bottom level, including what looked like an inn complete with a small stable. He spotted nothing that looked like a home. Another oddity about Zora's domain was the eternal presence of water. At first, Link had assumed that it was just because of the rain, but it soon became apparent to him that the city was just built in such a way that water pooled on the ground in most places. Water even streamed down the stairs leading up to the second tier and the palace. Link's boots had somehow become even more waterlogged than they had been already. He found the answer to his first observation as he crested the stairs leading to the second tier of Zora's domain. He spotted a group of Zora's children being led to some kind of communal pool just underneath the palace, where they were encouraged to lie down in the waters. He could see the forms of several other children that had already fallen asleep in the pools. Gaddison must have seen his curious glance, because she explained a moment later. Most Zora live in the waters below the city and the river itself. However, the currents can be difficult for the young ones to navigate, especially while sleeping, so the resting pools were created for children to sleep in. What about the parents, Link said, glancing back at her. What about them? Most of them sleep below. Away from their children? Yes, of course, she said, smiling. There isn't nearly enough room in the pools for adults, after all, and adults don't have difficulties with currents the way the children do. Many of the Zora from downriver have temporarily relocated below the city because of the increased current, though. It's calmer there, even with the waterfall, and few make their homes outside of Zora's domain anymore. As they began up the stairs to the palace, Sedan pressed forward, taking the stairs three at a time. A glance at Muzu's face told Link that he disapproved of the prince's haste. At least Link assumed that's what his expression meant. But he continued up at his same plodding pace. Once they reached the mouth of the palace, the other Zora, Sedan's guards, and those that had accompanied Muzu split off. Several of them were sent off to do other work, 
leaving only Baz and one of the Elder Zora that had followed Muzu to stand guard at the entrance. Baz looked at Link and smiled, nodding his encouragement. Finally, Link entered the palace a few steps behind Muzu. As he did, he looked around in awe. Indeed, the palace was very large, but it was also surprisingly open. Rather than the multiple rooms or chambers that Link had expected, the inside of the palace was a large open dome. Several deep pools were set into the floor, forming a semicircle around the outside of the room. The walls around the palace had several large openings overlooking the city and surrounding landscape, and two waterfalls on either side of the room flowed down to the lake far below. In the center of the room was a massive throne-like construction, made of the same white stone as the rest of Zora's domain, shaped into a large bowl with a shallow side facing forward. He saw water pouring over the edges of the throne. Link took in the palace in a glance, but his eyes were mostly drawn to the beings sitting upon the throne. King Dorophon, whom Sedan had told Link about, was far larger than any of the other Zora that Link had seen. If the other Zora were fish, then King Dorophon was a whale. He sat upon the throne, and still his head lifted high above Link and even Sedan's head, who stood to the right hand of the throne. His skin was textured navy blue, with a white chest, like most of the other Zora Link had seen. Although, like the other Zora, he had thick fins extending from either side of his head. Four of them, and a snout placed just above his eyes that seemed to droop down to the middle of his face. He was also far broader than the other Zora, but didn't appear overweight. Instead, he seemed to be made of muscle. His arms, chest, and shoulders were all massive. His arms alone looked to be thicker than Link's body was, the king had several scars along those arms, as well as on his chest and head. He had once been a warrior, if he wasn't still. The king leaned his head down, listening intently as Muzu muttered urgently in a way that Link couldn't quite catch. The king did not seem to agree with Muzu, however, as he shook his head before fixing his eyes upon Link. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Sedan motion for the raised platform before the throne which blessedly rose out of the ankle-deep layer of water coating the floor in this chamber. Hesitantly, he climbed the steps, standing upon the platform. So, you've returned at last, King Dorofan said in a loud, sonorous voice. Link, champion of Hyrule. He stared back mutely at the king. What did he say when speaking to royalty whose daughter whose death he was apparently responsible for? A smile split Dorothan's lips, revealing sharp teeth, and he leaned down some so he could speak in a more conversational tone. It's good to see you. I had heard, we all heard, that you had fallen in combat during the Calamity. I am happy to see that you have survived, my friend, though... I do wonder at how you survived, and where you have been these last one hundred years." Ling swallowed and licked his lips. I've been... He cleared his throat, trying to project a stronger voice. I did fall during the Calamity. I was placed in an ancient Sheikah chamber that restored me, but you're telling me that the Sheikah have technology such as this, yet you have not shared it, Uzu said. Why, with this, we could have saved peace, Muzu, King Dorofan said, holding up a hand. Continue, Link, 
restored me to health, but slowly. I've been asleep for the last 100 years, Your Majesty, and it took my memories. I can't remember anything from before I awoke. Dorfin's friendly face grew sorrowful. I am truly sorry to hear that, as I have many fond memories of your time spent here. Is there no hope at recovering your lost memories? I... He hesitated, thinking back to the flash of memory he'd received on his way into the city. I believe that some will return. Already I started remembering pieces, but I don't know. Dorfin nodded, his smile returning. Well, you spent a great deal of time here, so perhaps being here will reawaken some of them. I hope so, your majesty. And what of my daughter, Mipha? The king's tone grew hesitant. Have you lost all memories of her as well? Link grimaced at the question, and he took a moment to answer, wondering if he should disclose the brief memory he'd received when entering the city. Finally, he decided the truth would serve him best. I have, but entering the city brought back... something. A fragment. I hope that more might return in time. I understand that she was a true friend. A true friend? I doubt you've ever had... and more. The king's voice grew somber. You and Mifa were... very close, Link. I do hope that being here helps you recover some of that. Father, said Onset from the side of the throne. Perhaps we can speak more of my sister at a later time. I do believe that Link came here with another goal in mind. Oh, yes, Dorothan said, nodding and looking at his son. Yes, of course. We do have more important matters at hand than reminiscing about better times. The king focused again on Link, leaning forward. Prince Adon tells me that you came here because of our troubles with Varuta. Yes, your majesty, but there is more. Link took a breath and exhaled slowly. Here we go. I intend to recapture all four divine beasts, so that they can be used to defeat Calamity Ganon. Silence fell. The king gazed at Link, his expression grim. Link met his eyes, hoping to project the confidence that he didn't feel. Hope. That's what Impa said he was. Could he be hope? My friend, I am sorry for the road you must travel, the king finally said. His large eyes held no rekindled hope. But I am grateful for your assistance, nonetheless. Muzu shifted and began to speak urgency and a great deal of vehemence. Her Majesty, surely you can figure another way to appease the divine beast than by relying on the assistance of the island. The last time we entangled ourselves in this mission, we lost. I am well aware of the cost. King Dorfin spoke with an edge to his voice that hadn't been there before, but he did not meet his advisor's eyes. But this is greater than the Zora. We have all lost loved ones to the Calamity. Muzu pursed his lips, clearly wanting to speak more, but the reprimand from the king's voice was clear. Finally, he nodded, clasping his hands behind his back. His smoldering eyes fell again on Link. Now, the king began, turning his focus towards Sidon. Sidon, the plan you spoke of last week, at the time, it seemed impossible, but perhaps now. Father, I hardly think that is really more of Zora business, is it not? 
I don't believe that we should involve Link in anything beyond what he came here to do. Link looked back and forth between the two Zora as they spoke, frowning. He had no idea what it was they were speaking of. King Dorfin chuckled softly. Said Don, who do you think it was that defeated the last one that decided to claim Ploymus Mountain or his own? Your Majesty? Link said, drawing the attention of the two Zoras back to him. If you have a plan for subduing the Divine Beast, I would like to hear it. Whatever I can do to help. Dorofin smiled warmly at this before glancing back down at Sidon. The younger Zora sighed softly in acceptance and stepped closer to Link. He was tall enough that Link, even standing on the raised dais, was only eye level with him. Yes, I suppose your help would be appreciated due to the nature of the task, he said. You see, we have made several attempts already to calm Ruta, but nothing has been effective with the exception of one thing, shock arrows like the ones that the Lazalthos were using. Yes, exactly, Sidon said. We were able to recently discover a shock arrow, shot with precision at key points on Ruta's body, is able to cause her to shut down temporarily. However, as you might have seen during our encounter with the Lazalthos, Zora are particularly sensitive to electric shock. We cannot safely use shock arrows ourselves. Link thought of the electric shock he had received while using the arrow. It had certainly felt uncomfortable, and even hurt, to use the arrow, but it hadn't been so bad that he was unable to use it. But if Zoro were more susceptible to electric shock? That hasn't stopped us from trying, of course, and one of our number was able to successfully use one arrow, though he and he tried to use a second arrow. It nearly killed him. So you need me to use the shock arrows to weaken the Divine Beast? Well, yes, but it isn't that simple. Of course it wasn't. Sedan continued. You see, we Zora do not typically use shock arrows. They are made in the West, using materials found in the Gerudo Highlands, I believe. Due to our weakness to the arrows, we do not have any here. Then where did you find the one that you used in the first place? What about the Lazalfos? The Zora sighed softly, shaking his head. That's the problem. We found the one we used against the Divine Beast and the Lazalfos. Who knows where they get theirs? I know that we searched any Lazolfo camps that we've come across, but the ones used yesterday were the first that we'd seen in a long time. Is it possible to buy them off a merchant? Perhaps, but that would require time that we do not have. The East Lake Reservoir, where Ruda makes her home, is already far fuller than is safe. If that dam breaks, then the result would be catastrophic. Link waited for Sedan to continue beginning to feel impatient with his hesitance to get to the point. Finally, the Zora did go on. So that leaves us with, really, only one viable option. The Lionel, on Ployus Mountain. Lionel? A fearsome beast that has taken up residence on the top of the mountain. It isn't the first time one of their kind has done so. Father was right. The last time one did so, you defeated it at Meva's bequest. I don't really understand, Link said, frowning. How does defeating the Lionel help with the Divine Beast? It has shock arrows. Oh. We have, of course, tried to kill, or at least drive the Lionel away. But it is a crafty, deadly foe. Several of our greatest warriors have tried, and not all of them survived to escape. Sedan shook his head, opening his mouth to say more, but then stopped. 
glancing at his father. Link had the sense that there was more to this story than Sedan hadn't told. Link, I know that this is much to ask of you, King Dorothan said gravely, leaning forward again. But we believe that the only way to pass Ruta's defenses would be through the use of shock arrows. The single arrow that Sagan used was very effective, but it was not permanent. Our scholars believe that, with several more, it might do enough damage to fully shut it down, or at least revert it back to its previous dormant state. Link's gaze flicked between Sidon and Dorofin, taking in each of their expressions, frustrated and imploring, respectively. Finally, he sighed. I will do it, Your Majesty. Not long after agreeing to attempt to defeat the Lionel, Sidon led Link back out of the palace. He seemed frustrated and waved off Baz when he attempted to follow, assuring him that he was just going to show Link to the inn. Baz reluctantly agreed to let them go off alone. They walked in silence for a time before the tall Zora spoke. You know, while you're here, I hear that we're in need of some more luminous stone for new construction projects. Could you take care of that for us as well? He looked up at Sidon in confusion, and Sidon met his eyes, breaking into a grin. I'm sorry. I jest, of course. I just do not agree with making you solve all of our problems. The Lionel is our concern, and not even the most pressing one. I thought that you said there was no other way to get shock arrows. There isn't, that I know. Not in time. Sidon exhaled slowly, shaking his head and pursing his lips. But it shouldn't be you. Not alone, at least. However, my father has forbidden me from challenging the Lionel. He is willing to allow the Zor to face it and die, but he will not risk my life. Unsure of what he should say in response to that, Link remained quiet. Sedan glanced at Link and smiled, embarrassed. I'm sorry. I don't mean to involve you in my problems, he said, and they both continued down the stairs. The stairs led into a wide town square, with the fountain that Link had seen from afar in the center. Now that he was closer to it, and paying attention, he could see that it was more than a simple fountain. It was a statue made in the likeliness of a female Zora, holding a trident point down, with stone carving made to look like splashing water on either side of the trident's point. Water flowed out around the base of the fountain, splashing to join the water that covered the ground. Link's brows furrowed as he saw the statue, taking note of the slender feminine body that the Zora possessed, the relaxed way she held the spear, the kindly expression that had been painstakingly carved into its face. He gasped. Is that... He hurried across the square to stand in front of the statue. Sedan followed him, standing up beside him and gazing up at the statue's face. My sister, Mifa, the champion. Mifa. Link could recognize her face now that he was up close. Vague though his only memory of her was, he could see that the sculptor had worked exceedingly hard to capture every detail of her face. Absently, Link reached down to his belt and removed his Sheikah slate. He tapped the screen until he reached a photograph of the Zora woman, standing tall and looking slightly embarrassed. She stood in front of a large mechanical creature in the shape of an elephant, with a long trunk, thick body, and four legs. The Divine Beast, Varuta. 
He compared the photograph with the statue, marveling at the craftsmanship that went into creating the likeliness. It was remarkable and attested to just how much the Zora had revered her. He heard a gasp behind him, and suddenly, Sedan's face was level with Link. He was looking at the Sheikah Slate with wide eyes, mouth open. That is... amazing, he said, slightly breathless. I haven't. Link glanced at Sedan and looked away again, quickly, when he saw the emotion in the Zora's face. He focused his eyes upon the Sheikah Slate as well. Something about it seemed to call him. Something... I have not seen my sister like that in one hundred years, Sedan said, voice heavy with emotion. In truth, I do not even remember her very well anymore. I had not even reached my twentieth year when she was taken, after all. I remember only specific memories, for the most part. I remember, for example, when she carried me up the Veiled Falls. Your princess was there, I recall. Link focused his attention back on Sedan, frowning. I remember that Mifa. She told me that I would need to protect our home, and that she... Sedan trailed off for a few seconds. Finally, he spoke again, voice hardening with resolve. I will go with you, when you go to face the Lionel. Link stared at the Zora, considering the possible consequences of this action. He had the sense that the king would likely refuse to let Sedan go. In any case, he certainly did not want to be responsible for the death of another of King Dorofin's children. However, he also recognized it meant too much to Sedan for him to refuse this request. He nodded. Sedan grinned toothily and stood up taller. Yes, we shall slay the beast together, just as you once did with my sister one hundred years ago. And then together we shall tame the divine beast and save the land. It will be glorious. Link wished he could feel so confident. With a sinking feeling, he was aware that he had just agreed to place another royal child into mortal danger. He had no way of knowing what they would be facing in the Divine Beast. Could they even tame it? If Mipha had been unable to do so. Come, Sidon said, slapping Link on the back and turning. He began walking towards the inn. If we are to slay Alainos tomorrow, then we must get some rest. Link glanced back down at the Sheikah Slate and Mipha's smiling face, before replacing it on his belt and following after Sidon. The inn Link found was pleasant, but very different than the other inns he'd been in. It, like many of the other Zora businesses, had only half walls, leaving the inside fully exposed to the night air. As a result, the air in the inn was cool and moist, though a few warming braziers helped to keep it comfortable. It had a single, round room, with several beds in a semicircle around it, including what appeared to be a bed with a mattress full of water. He found Cass sleeping on that bed, much to his dismay. He had hoped that the Rio would have already moved on by now, but there was no helping it. Cass would almost certainly hear of Link's coming to Zora's domain, and his plan to tame the Divine Beast. He would face that when he had to. Perhaps he could convince the minstrel to keep things quiet. They also met a female Zora named Koda, who grinned brightly at Link, exclaiming, Lenny, is that you? Sedan, giving Link a sympathetic smile, bade him farewell, leaving Link to explain to a very excited Koda what he had been doing for the last 100 years. 
The morning brought with it a messenger in the form of Azora Child, who informed Link that he was needed back at the palace right away. Worrying that something even worse had happened, Link quickly dressed and went with the boy, climbing the stairs to the palace. Once he arrived, he was unsurprised to find Cass in the presence of King Dorofin, Sedan, and Muzu. He had noticed that Cass had already gone when he rose, and he'd known by the bard's demeanor and goals that he would likely have sought out information about Mipha from her own family, even if that family was royalty. Cass gave him that knowing Rito smile, and he sighed, giving him a small nod. So much for any hope to keep this quiet. Link turned his attention to Sedan, who smiled broadly and motioned towards the king. Link stepped onto the raised dais, looking up at the towering figure of King Dorothy. Link, my friend, I trust you slept well. I did, your majesty, Link said. Excellent. Well, I am sure you wish to keep your task soon. But I spoke with Sedan last night, and he and I are in agreement that it would not be right for us to ask you to do this without at least outfitting you in the best that Zora's domain has to offer. I hope you do not mind. But I got a good look at your sword the other day, Sedan said, stepping forward, holding a beautiful scabbard lined with silver and ornamented with a blue sapphire in its center. The base of the scabbard was wider than the tip. The sword's hilt extended out from the sheath. It looked a little worn. He held the scabbard out to Link, who took it without reply. He pulled the sword from the scabbard, eyes widening and its silvery gleam. The hilt was elaborate, with a dual crossguard shaped like a pair of wings beneath another pair of curved hooks. A sapphire ornamented the center of the crossguard. The blade made Link think of a knight's lance, flared wide near its base and narrow in its center. Its tip, however, grew wider, again like the head of a spear. It was uniquely Zora in appearance and shockingly light as well. It was a thing of beauty, but if he were being honest with himself, he thought he preferred the more traditional look for a sword. This blade was certainly of higher quality than the sword he had been using, though he did hope that the lightness was not a sign of its durability. It wouldn't do for the sword to break in the middle of a fight. He sheathed the sword and bowed low in the manner of the Sheikah, the only way to show gratitude that he was really familiar with. He wondered what the proper way in the courts of Hyrule would have been. Thank you, your majesty. This is... a wonderful gift. He heard Gas chuckle quietly and shot him a glance, frowning. The Rita looked slightly abashed, straightening. Good, good, Dorofin said, nodding with satisfaction. The sword fits the man, indeed. I hope that this will assist you on your endeavors today. He looked towards Sidon. Now, I believe my son has agreed to lead you to the base of Ploymus Mountain. Link glanced at Sidon, confused, but the Zora grinned broadly. Yes, it wouldn't do to send you off in a direction and expect you to find your way, now would it? He bent Link's eyes and gave him a wink. That feeling of dread that Link had felt the day before only intensified. They met up at the bridge leading east out of the city. Link had gone back down to the inn to collect a few additional pieces of gear. His shield, bow and arrows, though he hated using them in the rain. A bag with a day's worth of rations and his cloak. After a few moments of consideration, he also grabbed his paraglider, thinking that having it at the top of a mountain might not be a terrible idea indeed, if he needed to make a quick getaway, for whatever reason. He hoped 
that wouldn't be the case. When he found Sedan at the bridge, the prince smiled broadly. He held his spear nonchalantly, half pressed against the ground, and raised a hand in greeting. Link noticed that he also had a very similar sword strapped to his waist as well. It's a wonderful day, don't you think? Link, wearing the rain-drenched cloak and already feeling cold, did not particularly think it was a very good day at all, actually. Sidon didn't seem to mind his grimace, however, and turned, beginning to walk across the bridge. Link hurried to follow, having to nearly jog to keep up with Sidon's long strides. You didn't tell your father that you were coming with me, Link said, once they were a good distance along the bridge. Sidon looked down at him in surprise. Of course not. I told you. He has expressly forbidden me from doing anything of the sort. But if something happens, nothing will happen. After all, I have the Hylian Champion alongside me, to our not. Link stopped, pursing his lips. Sidon. Sidon paused, looking back at Link, and his smile faded. I don't know what kind of tales have been told about me, Link said, exhaling slowly. Honestly, they might even all be true. I don't know. But I also have no idea what we're walking into here. I don't have a clue what a Lionel is, or how to defeat one. I am doing this because I must, not because I am seeking adventure. Sidon's smile disappeared completely, replaced with an expression of mild disgust. You think I'm doing this for adventure? That's not... I have lost friends to this creature, Sidon said his tone firm. It has terrorized us for months now. Many Zora have tried, unsuccessfully, to defeat it. Why haven't you sent a group of Zora to- You think we haven't? Sedan looked at him incredulously. Link, we have sent entire squads to try and kill it. But Lionel's are crafty. That's why it uses electric arrows. If a Zora is hit with one of those arrows, mark my words, it would kill. Riven was almost killed the other day. And he wasn't even hit by the arrow. Then perhaps I should go alone. No. Sedan swept a hand through the air in a cutting gesture. This is something that I must do. Why? Because. He looked at Link for several moments before looking back towards the city. I have to protect my home. Link wanted to argue further, but the look of the prince's eyes quelled any further discussion. Finally, he nodded. Just be careful. I'm always careful, Sedan said turning and continuing on towards the distant mountain. Somehow, Link doubted that. They finally reached the opposite side of the bridge and walked onto the grass at the base of the mountain. Poimus Mountain was a rocky mountain that had a curve to it, resulting in a gentler slope to the north, while the southern slope inverted upon itself and the peak hung over the reservoir where Sedan told Link that Varuda had made its home. The climb up the mountain would not be overly difficult, but the rain-slick ground would, undoubtedly, make it more treacherous than it would be otherwise. It would have likely taken all day to climb the mountain by himself, but Sidon came prepared. After they crossed the bridge, he surprised Link by walking over and lifting a large wrapped bundle from a nearby bush. He placed it on the ground and unwrapped it, revealing several pieces of equipment. A silvery Zora bow and quiver of arrows, a large length of rope, and several climbing pitons. You see, for Zora, climbing the mountain is fairly easy. After all, we can swim up the waterfalls. 
For a Hylian such as yourself, though, well, I wouldn't suggest trying to climb the sheer rock walls in this rain. Sidon looped the rope around his chest, followed by the bow. He hung the quiver of arrows at his waist. Link noticed that the quiver's design looked like it could be sealed against water, and placed the climbing pitons in it. Did you place these out here last night? Link asked, eyebrows raised. Why, yes, Sidon said, standing up straight again. It would have looked suspicious if I'd walked out with you with all of this, now wouldn't it have? He sighed, shaking his head. Just don't die, he said. I'm pretty sure Muzu would drown me if I'm responsible for another royal's death. The words escaped his lips before he could stop them, and he grimaced. He was speaking of Sedan's sister. His mood must have been terrible indeed, if he thought such black humor was appropriate. Sedan looked at Link, eyes widening in surprise. A moment later, his lips split into a grin and he laughed out loud. You know, I hadn't even thought of that. But you're right. Monsieur and the elders would most certainly try to have you killed if something were to happen to me. They hadn't even thought of it? Link stared at him incredulously, feeling an irrational surge to hit the prince. Maybe shove him off the cliff. There was water below, after all, right? Sidon placed a finger against his lips, tapping them thoughtfully. Well, Sidon finally said, my father wouldn't understand what happened. He knows that I've been trying to challenge the line for a while now. In fact, I'm a little surprised that he didn't station a guard out here. Just in case I tried to do this. Huh. Well, in either case, I guess I will just have to try very hard not to die. Great, Link croaked. You do that. A shadow passed over them, and both of them looked up in surprise to see a large avian form pass overhead. With a flap of its wings, the figure landed on the grass before them, and stood up straight, revealing himself to be Cass. He didn't carry any musical instruments this day, but he did have a shortboat trapped to his back. Cass, what are you doing here? Link said, feeling exasperated. The Rito bowed slightly to Sedan, before smiling at Link. I had hoped that you would permit me to accompany you on your quest, he said, his eyes darting between Link and Sedan, taking in the additional gear that Sedan had acquired. Though now I wonder if I should be asking Prince Sedan the question instead. Sedan, for his part, did not seem alarmed at Cass's appearance, but grinned in his typical way, looking for inspiration for a new song, Bart. The wet feathers around Cass's neck fluttered a little, and he inclined his head towards Sedan. It is as you say, your majesty. You see, when I met Link on the road, I suspected his identity. I apologize, Link, for not saying something sooner. I could tell that you were uncomfortable speaking of these things. But now that I know for certain, I cannot pass up the opportunity to see for myself. This is going to be dangerous, Cass, Link said, rubbing his forehead. He didn't want to deal with this right now. He liked Cass. Really, he did. But this was too much. Can't I just tell you about it when I get back? I assure you, I will stay well out of danger, Cass said, unperturbed by Link's resistance. But I would be remiss not to try and see this with my own eyes. It should be fine, Link, Sedan said, placing a hand on his shoulder. Link looked up at him and wondered if the prince was merely trying to prevent Cass from going back to Zora's domain and telling the king of the deviation from the plan. Pursing his lips, Link met Sedan's eyes for a moment before looking at Cass. 
He sighed. All right, but Cass, I can't answer any questions about the past. Cass looked surprised at this, tilting his head slightly. I already said that I had noticed you were uncomfortable discussing such things. I had not intended on pressing the matter. No, it's not that. It's just that I can't remember the past. I lost my memories. Fascinating, Cass said, eyes widening. You must tell me how this happened. He paused and looked slightly abashed. After this day, of course. Right now, you must focus on the task at hand. Resigned, Link nodded. He had a feeling that any hope he had of going about this business without people knowing his true identity was quickly coming to a close. If he survived this, then his return would probably become much more widely known. Wonderful. The more the merrier, said Onsed, clapping his hands together. Shall we go? The three of them, Hylian, Sora, and Rito, turned and began towards the mountain. <laughs>